I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much the old man had learned in seven years. Popular comedian entertainer Bill Cosby said, now that my father is a grandfather, he just can't wait to give money to my kids. When I was a kid and I asked him for 50 cents, he would tell me the story of his life, how he got up at five o'clock, worked when he was 70 years old, he walked 23 miles to milk 90 cows, and the farmer for whom he worked had no bucket, so he had to squirt the milk into his little hand and walk eight miles to the nearest can, all for five cents. The result was I never got my 50 cents. But now he tells my children every time he comes into the house, well, let's see how much money old granddad has for his wonderful grandkids. And the minute they take money out of his hands, I call them over to me and I snatch it away from them because that is my money. I think we've all been there. Happy Father's Day to you, to all of you, especially our dads. There's a very special place for you, and there's a very special need for you in this generation. Unfortunately, we're living in a day when dads, many of them, are not accepting their responsibility, and therefore their children are running wild and getting into situations that will harm them, if not physically, at least mentally and spiritually for the rest of their lives. I thought it was interesting. Somebody said, the world according to dad. These are the words that most dads have said at some time or another to their children. They have said, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. They have said, quiet, I'm watching the ball game. Don't forget to check the oil. Bring back oil to change. How should I know? Ask your mother. I'm not made of money. When I was your age, I walked five miles to and from school each day, and it was uphill both ways. You are going, and you are going to have fun. Who's paying the bills around here anyway? If you break your leg, don't come running to me. <laughs> don't put your feet on the furniture. Your mother will kill you. <laughs> Get down before you kill yourself. On second thought, go ahead. <laughs> Why? Because I said so. Has anybody ever heard that? <laughs> I'm sure you have. If you don't quit, I'm going to call your mother. I did that quite a bit. You better get that junk picked up before your mother comes in here. <laughs> just wait till you have kids of your own. How about I was not asleep, I was just resting my eyes. 
I think we've all heard most of that, but I want to interest us maybe in something a little more serious. I like to start off by um, just recognizing a couple of things that would, um, would appeal to all of us. Turn with me in the beginning in Genesis chapter 18. I want to read verse 19, what, what the Lord said concerning Abraham. Genesis chapter 18 and verse 19. He said, For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. That's just an interesting interesting verse of scripture here that tells us about God having confidence in Abraham. I wonder how much confidence does God have in us that we will carry out what we're supposed to carry out. I want to share seven things that a good father does. If I may with you today, I want you to understand how important it is Because I don't think you can be the father you ought to be unless you are a Christian man. I truly believe that what the Bible requires out of fatherhood is going to require a person to be a Christian. So first of all, I want to say, number one, a father lights the way. He gives his children a light in a dark world. And this is a dark world. We have turned everything in the different direction. Everything that was holy and sacred and good and true to us. It seems we have either questioned it or we have legislated things and bills and laws that would make the very things we considered most sacred to be a choice as to whether or not people have to follow those things. But I believe that the Bible teaches that there is a light in a dark world. And I believe one of the things that I have to do as a father is to let my children know and live in front of them the very truth of the fact that you don't have to live a dark life because you're living in a dark world. You can see a light. Because the darker the night the brighter the light. Understand that. That is so so important for us to see. I can come in here at nighttime and this whole building, this whole room is pitch dark. I can't see anything at all. And I can flip one switch back there and suddenly there's light. There's light that lets me see how to walk. There's light that shows me the way. There's light that keeps me from getting entangled in objects that are in the path. And I want you to understand a good, good father is lighting the way for his children to see Jesus Christ in a dark and empty world. We're showing our children, not telling them, we're showing our children the light. And we're saying, I am not afraid for you to walk in the shoes that I'm walking in. 
I'm not afraid for you to put your feet in the footprints that I have made walking in front of you. That's the first thing a father does because the Bible declares in Deuteronomy chapter 6, he said these commandments in verse 5, that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk before the road. When you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. He is saying... The Word of God is the light in a dark world. This is why there is such an attempt being made to rid the world of the Bible. To get the influence of Scripture out of our schools. Whoever heard 40 years ago, 30 years ago when the Bible was still allowed in school, when we still prayed, how many school shootings did you ever hear about in those days? How many times in those days were we blaming guns because people were getting killed? Everybody just about had guns in their homes. I grew up with guns in the home. Many times my father would tell me, take the gun and go out in the woods and kill a rabbit or a squirrel or something and bring him home so your mama will have something to fix for all these children. Now, most of you don't understand that kind of living, but there are some folks in here who understand what I'm talking about. But I never heard about a school shooting. I never heard about anybody acting up and acting ugly in the school like that back then. We had no locks on our doors. Everybody in the neighborhood was trusted. Our children could walk in safety down a long road without worrying about being accosted or being, or being taken against their will. So the father today, even though the world has changed so much, and even though the very foundations on which we have been founded as a country, have been questioned and changed. I want to tell you there's one that has not changed. I want to tell you there's one that will not change. For I know what the Apostle Paul said when he said, I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that that I have committed unto him against that day. So God is telling all of us, and all of us fathers, that we have a responsibility to teach our children. That we put the Word of God as frontlets between our eyes. That we put the Word of God on our forearms so that our children will know beyond the shadow of a doubt that the Word of God is what we live by. It's our standard and it's what we base our life upon. We need fathers today who know how to show their children the light. The Bible says, train up a child in the way that he should go, and, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. The National Center for Fathering says this, kids observe everything. That's the greatest revelation of being a parent. 
how much they observe. This is something that we as parents often overlook or underestimate. When we parents do good things for others, the kids understand it. When our parents are not kind or understanding of each other and interact poorly with other children, with other people, our children observe and know as well. So we need to understand these children are watching us. More than they are listening to us, they are watching us. You've heard me tell the story. We grew up after my mom died when I was two years old and there was nine of us children. So we grew up under tough times for a long time. And we were sharecroppers. The only way we could, only way we could have a life together was to work for the other man. So I know what it's like to go to school not wearing the best clothes. I know what it's like to do without when other people have it. And I remember a lesson my father taught me years ago, and I've never forgotten it. We used to have to gather the corn. And we had a room that our corn went in, and, and the landlord had a room that his corn went in, and we hafted up. We'd go get a load of corn, and it would go in our room. We'd go get a load of corn, the next one would go in his room. And my dad always said, son, make sure he gets a little bit more than we do. And man, I had a hard time with that. But I mean, he, he would come out to the farm, riding in a brand new automobile, you know, and just walking and uh, ride around and look at us. And we're out there sweating like a bunch of dogs, working hard for that little bit that we had. And I, I just said, well, Dad, we're the ones ought to be getting the most. He said, no, the right thing to do is to make sure he gets a little bit more. He said, because there might be a load that don't have quite as much on it that we would give it to him. So he said, let's make sure he gets more than we do. Now he, he, he made an impression on me here I am at this age in life and I've never forgotten that lesson that I learned from him that you make sure you do the right thing even if no one else is watching you. Be the light in a dark world. Don't let your children feel depressed and hopeless and feel like they have no future. You let them know that they are special that before they were ever born, God knew them and called them and anointed them for a special work and a special task. Hallelujah. Secondly, good fathers are leaders. And we need to understand that. The scripture that I read today was explaining to Abraham to lead and direct his children. By doing what is right, and he said in this, for I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. A father leads by example. You're not being a good father if you buy him or her the latest automobile or the latest four-wheeler or give them the most expensive gifts that they can possibly have and yet you don't come to church with them 
and you don't lead your family in spiritual matters, then you're not being a good father. Amen, Amen preacher. Amen. And pass the biscuits. You know I'm telling you the truth. This is why I'm saying you cannot be a good father unless you're a child of God. To take your family to you and bring your little children around you and say, we're going to pray. We're going to talk to the Lord about this. And so I want you, I want my children to hear me pray. I want my grandchildren and even now my great-grandchildren to hear me pray. I want them to know that that is a way of life. That's not just something we do when we go to church or when we start to eat a meal, but we believe in prayer. We believe in leading by example. I like what Joshua said in chapter 24 and verse 15. He said, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for these yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods that your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. You have to make up your mind but one time. If you truly make up your mind one time, there will never be any more questioning about it. It's a made-up mind. It is forever and always made up. We are people of God. It doesn't mean we always get it right. It doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes. We're still living in this human life. But I want to tell you, we will get on our knees before the Lord. We will repent and we will ask God to forgive us. That's what we do. We are people of God and we believe in the Word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love to take the opportunity to talk to our children and grandchildren about the Lord. And I will do that before we have our meal together today. As we gather together, we're going to talk about the Lord and how good the Lord has been to us. The third thing good fathers do, they discipline their children. I know this is not very popular in the day we're living in. But I came along at a time that it was not unusual for your dad to pull his belt out and work you over. Or he would take a pull of switch. Everybody, everybody had one of those old chinaberry trees in the backyard. Never figured out why. They're ugly and they make them little yellow balls that even a chicken won't eat them. I never understood why everybody wanted chinaberry trees in the backyard. Except for one thing, they could pull a limb down off of it and strip, it, strip off the leaves and put it on you. We had seven boys in our family. All seven of those boys, of us boys, loved the Lord, served the Lord. I hear people say, I don't want my children to be afraid of me. Well, I was afraid of my dad, I want to tell you. I knew what he would do if it wasn't right. Now you could call it being afraid or whatever, but it kept me straight a lot of times when I probably would not have been straight otherwise. 
Amen? There's a difference in punishment and discipline. Punishment is when you speak in anger and you speak harshly, speak ugly to your children and you discipline them when you are angry and upset. They don't learn the lesson then except that you do something violently when you get angry. But discipline is different. It brings us together. Discipline is when you sit down and talk to them. Now here is why I want you to know that you're wrong. Here's where you need to do things differently. Now you did this and you know that was not right. Here is the right way to do it. And because you didn't do it the right way, there's a price to pay. All the way through society, if, there, if you don't do it the right way, there's a price to pay. From the church here, right on up past to the street that I live on, the speed limit's 45 miles an hour. And I've seen a lot of people pulled over on the side of the road by the troopers because they were not doing what was right. So there is a price to pay if you don't learn to do it right. Praise God. But also for the next one, the fourth one, a real good father has compassion on his children. It takes a lot of wisdom to know when discipline is necessary and also when it's time just to put your arms around your children and weep with them. Because there are times when the greatest love that you can show is a discipline, but there are other times that the greatest love that you can show is to just love them in spite of all of the shortcomings and failures and you wanting to break them in half and all this stuff just to love them. Because when we love like that, we begin to understand the love of our Heavenly Father who so many times just puts his arms around us and just loves us. What an awesome God. He has compassion on us. He, he knows what we feel. The Bible says he pities his children and he pities those that fear him for he remembers that we are dust. He remembers that, that, that we fail. He remembers that we get it wrong sometimes. I mean, I know you love your children, but they are not perfect. And neither are you. So understand with your children from the same compassion that you recognize in yourself that you don't always get it right. And understand and recognize the same thing with your children. But we have compassion on them. And we love them. The fifth one, and I'm moving along quickly as possible. Number five, a, a good godly father is there for you. That's the one that's missing in so many places today. People boast of their manhood when they father children. But they run away from the responsibility that comes 
from bringing up those children in the nurture and admonition and fear of the Lord. I want you to understand that Jesus, Jesus was about to leave his disciples and, descend, and, and ascend into heaven. And he said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I, that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. If I'm going to be like the Lord, I'm going to always be there for my children. It doesn't mean I always approve. It doesn't mean I always agree with the decisions that they make. But I don't want them to ever, ever, ever question my love for them. And that I can forgive them just like God for Christ's sake, hath forgiven me. So I think it's so important here that we understand that we need to be with our children. There is always that case on earth. We need our fathers. When the prodigal son came to himself and came back to his, to his senses, remember who he remembered. He said, I will arise and I will go to my father's house. He remembered the influence of his father. I'm going to go to my father's house and I'm going to say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I'm no more worthy to be called your son. See, the greatest thing he could think of that would be an insult to himself was that he had let his father down. And he went to him and he said, I don't deserve to be your son. <laughs> Make me as one of your hired servants. I, I just want to be around you. You see how accessible the father was? He didn't put him down because he had run away and wasted all of that money. He was so glad to see him. The Bible says he ran and fell on his neck and kissed him and welcomed him into the presence of his house again. That's my heavenly father. Glory to God. He recognizes how often we have done it wrong. He recognizes how many times we've messed up. And I'm at the head of the list. But I'm also at the head of the list falling on my face before him and asking him to forgive me and to bring me back into fellowship with him again. That's my father God. Amen. He's always there. He's never pushing me down and putting me down and telling me I'll never amount to anything. He's telling me I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He's telling me that I'll make you the head and not the tail. I'll let you go over and not under. That's what my father is telling me. That if you will imitate me, if you will become like me, then I will bring you up and I will lift you into places higher than you have ever been before. That's my father God. Hallelujah. And he does it very well. The sixth thing, a father provides for his children. That's important, folks. 
He provides for His children. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8 says, But if anyone does not provide for his children, and especially for those of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel or an unbeliever if he doesn't provide for his children. Now that's not just talking about money. Although money comes in there because it is your responsibility to be the lead breadwinner in your home. You may not make the most money. We're in, a, we're in a generation now when many women make more than their husbands do. Nothing wrong with that. Matter of fact, I wish my wife made more than I do. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. But she's not going to be the only one carrying the burden. I'm going to step up to the plate also. And I'm going to do everything in my power also to make sure that I am providing for my family like the Bible declares. And not only am I to provide financially, I'm to provide stability in the home so that our children don't have to worry about whether or not mom and dad are going to be there tomorrow. The only reason they won't be there is they will be in heaven. Other than that, we provide stable, solid place that our children out there in this world can find a stable, solid place that does not change. The Word of God is still there. We still love each other and we still pray for one another. Amen. Mom and Dad, you got a very, very, very important job. Let our children see and feel and know that they can depend on Mom and Dad. And Dad's I especially I'm focusing on you today. Usually, Father's Day messages and Mother's Day messages, we always praise Mother and all the great mothers and what they do, and then we lambast the fathers for not doing it. But I didn't want to do that today. I want to encourage you. I want to let you know that you can be a godly father. You can be what the Lord has called you to be. Lastly, a good father will love his children. We have to love our children, folks. I love what 1 Corinthians 13 says, Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself around. Love is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Love is not provoked. Love thinks no evil does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Praise God. It's hard being a father today. It always has been. But I want you to understand that we have to run quickly and often to our Father God, our real Father, who sets the example for all of us. I have to go before Him and pray. I pray for our children and our grandchildren, our great-grands. I, I pray that the Lord will give them wisdom and knowledge and understanding to make good decisions and be wise and do the things that would be pleasing to the Lord. And I know that will bless their family.
I don't, I don't say a lot about it, but we have always made it a point to make sure that our tithes were paid. When we didn't have the money, it seemed like to even get by, we still paid our tithes. And through the years, I can tell you that God is faithful. I can tell you He will never let you down. I can tell you that He will meet your every need. And when you get to this point in life where I am now, when you can look and see the sunset, and you know that most of your days are behind you, you can look back as Peter did when Peter said, I have put him to the test. And I can tell you, you can cast all your care upon him for he careth for you. So I can tell you, I've put him to the test. I have put him to the test. I've watched him come through time after time when our children were sick and we didn't even have the money to go to a doctor. We would pray and the Lord would heal. I can tell you about the time that our washing machine tore up and we didn't have the money to get it fixed. And we prayed over that washing machine and God fixed it and it worked 20 more years. I can tell you, God is faithful. God is faithful. Now if you pray that kind of a prayer very much, Brother Richard's going to be hurting over here. But I'm telling you folks, you can trust the Lord. Trust Him. I challenge you as a father today, look to your heavenly Father. You don't have all the answers. I don't either. I remember when, when, when our, whenever our first one was born, when Melody was a baby, and I felt, I felt so lost. I said, God, what in the world am I going to do? I've got to try to let this child be directed toward you. I've got to get out there and provide for this child. I don't take that lightly. I still don't. I still look out for them as much as I can. You never, you never graduate from being a parent. I don't care how old your children are. I don't care where they live. We got one that lives 660 miles away. And that keeps her husband from being one of my favorites. But I tell you what, I love her and will go to her defense. Matter of fact, me and my wife's going to go spend a couple of weeks with her before long. Because you never lose sight of your children. They are your lifetime responsibility to bring them up to love the Lord. God bless you today on this Father's Day. Let us stand together.